Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. I'm Neil Grogan. I'm here with Matt Statler. And we are rolling a day later than normal. Usually we record on like Monday. gives us ample time to make things look pretty and sound uh, good. So um, sorry ahead of time if it's not the uh, usual, <laughs> the usual uh, um, what do you call it? Not, uh, standard. Not, <laughs> not that there's a high standard in the first place. Yeah, right. We're just uh, knuckle dragon pastors and <laughs> yeah. biblical counselors who are, uh, you know, doing our best here. <laughs> Absolutely. Trying to make it fit where we can get it in. Yeah, man. What's on your plate today? Today, uh, I got some counseling and um, more sermon prep. And really, that's mm. about it, man. Pretty, pretty chill day today. Yeah, I got some uh, staff meetings and some, actually some meetings with uh, some congregants later today too. Um, yesterday, I was like up to my eyeballs in school. Um, you know, I'm back at uh, Southern working on uh, that whole thing. And uh, Dr. Allison had a pretty cool assignment of writing a paper on the Holy Spirit and specifically the baptism with the Holy Spirit, reviewing the Pentecostal view and the conversion view and all that stuff. So uh, I got to nerd out a little bit. I don't know how well I wrote that paper. <laughs> usually, I, just for all the listeners out here, usually I send it to Matt to proofread. That's true. <laughs> he, t- he takes me from like usually like an 88 to a 93. <laughs> so thank you for your service, Matt. That's you what I, that's what I'm me. here for. <laughs> Grading your papers. Yeah, man. That's friendship. Uh, yeah, that's real. Hey, that's real brotherhood right <laughs> that's there. Brotherhood. Well, speaking <laughs> yeah, about man. that, so um, there's, there's a story that kind of segues into our uh, topic today. And, you know, on deployment, you do your PCCs and PCIs, you have your battle drills, you... Well, What's all that? Oh, mean? yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, your pre-combat checks and your pre-combat inspections. And so basically that means you, you know, evaluate your gear, you evaluate, you know, how your truck is laid out, your, um, your kit, you make sure you have enough ammo, medical gear, the whole nine. Uh, usually it involves questioning your guys, asking them if they know the mission or what, you know, what do you do if there's a near side ambush, a far side ambush or all the different things that you, that comes into it. And it's something that you should do before every mission. It's something that good NCOs typically do before every mission. Um, and you personally are responsible for your own stuff. But um, our Sergeant Major used to like to try to ride with each of the platoons um, as often as he could. And while whenever he came to our platoon, he would always ride in our vehicle. And it kind of was, I started kind of wondering like why that was. And I said, Sergeant Major, I said, can I ask you a question? And he's like, whatever you want, dude. And I was like, um, and he didn't talk to me like that, but is that the censored version. That's the censored version. (laughs) And I said, um, can't, why do you always ride with our vehicle? He's like, well, cause you're not fake. I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, look, he's like, next time you guys do, um, have a, a VIP ride with you. Look how your platoon sergeant changes his method of PCCs and PCIs. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And so I, I, I watched it, and, th- and I, what I noticed is the platoon sergeant would make a big ordeal about the battle drills and the PCCs and PCIs because he really wasn't doing it previously. 
And so the Sergeant Major was like, I don't want to go on it with a crew that doesn't do this on a regular basis. He's like, when, when I get into your vehicle, he's like, I know that your guys know exactly what to do. Is that because you're not fake? You're not putting on a big show. Your your guys don't roll their eyes when you start saying line up, time for PCCs, PCIs. He's like, it's just so obvious. He's like, that's that you know your platoon sergeant doesn't recognize it, but you as a, a staff sergeant um, are doing the right thing. And so for me, that was really encouraging. But it made me realize the importance of being continually prepared for our mission. And that's what we what we, could we, potentially happen, right? That's right. What could potentially happen? And we and these are the things that we should be doing anyway. We know it's the right thing. And so when we think about times of sadness and depression, and that's what this topic is today. We're we're completing last week's topic about sadness and depression. Last week we talked, what do you do in the midst of it? Right? When things are just falling apart around you, you're depressed, you're sad, you don't want to do nothing or anything, I guess would be a more proper English. And, um, then, so now we want to talk about what do you do to get ready for a season of depression, right? Because in our journey of life, it is like going on a deployment, you know, we're strapping up our kit, we're going about our business. Um, and we want to be ready for when something sad or depressing happens. And so Neil, you had some, um, some, some kind of an outline for us today. Yeah, I think I, before just right before I get into that, I think it's important to know yourself and know, That's right. um, you know, being self-aware is um, comes into massive play and preparing for anything like I know. Right. During basically April through um, August, man, I experienced a lot of loss. And usually when it starts getting hotter in Texas, I start feeling more on edge every year. This happens. Why? Because in 2011 in Afghanistan, the summer offensive was occurring and, and that was the nature of it. And we, we lost a lot of guys and, you know, we lost a baby during that time. And there's just, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. And man, being aware of the, the, the triggers in your life that, um, may trigger depression, may trigger anger or anxiety or whatever. It's, it's, it's vital as you make decisions beforehand, which we'll call pre-decisions, which is what this podcast is about. We want to make some pre-decisions before we're in the midst of the situation, right? As best we can. And these are all practical measures we can do all the time. Um, that will prepare us naturally in case something unexpected happens or, you know, these seasons are coming up and uh, anniversaries and memories and difficulties are are arising. Right. Stressors are arising. The Bible would call that like heat. Right. In yeah. Jeremiah 17, five through eight, um, it talks about two kinds of men, one who trusts in man who's cursed. He's like this tree in the desert and a wasteland. And then. He says, but blessed is the man who trusts in, trust in God because he's like a tree planted by streams who doesn't fear when the heat comes. Well, the heat's coming, right? And we need to prepare beforehand and we need to take active measures in trusting God. Um, but kind of what we're going to do today is we're going to look at four uh, or we're going to encourage us to not um, overlook four areas in our life. We want to not overlook the outer man, the, the physiological nature of our 
cells. We understand that God physiological. Uh, your body, okay, right? Gotcha. Your, we 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 know that God has created and put in us a soul, but He's also created a body for us to live in, and that body affects what's going on in us. And what's in us affects what's going on out of us. So we call that the outer man. We also don't want to overlook the inner man, our spiritual well-being. So we're going to look at some spiritual disciplines and and some practical aids for those things. Uh, The third thing we don't want to overlook is neglecting to bring others into the fight uh, with us. So kind of the direction we want to look to in in that is having wise counsel in the, you know, beforehand, uh, helping you prepare for these coming seasons. So this could be a biblical counselor, a pastor, uh, you know, a mentor, you name it. Um, and then lastly, we want to be immersed. We don't want to overlook um, our church community. We want to be immersed in our church community as an active, viable member of that body. And we'll talk about what that looks like. But um, just to kind of that's just kind of where we're going to go. So let's go ahead and, and dive in um, with not overlooking the outer man. Matt, tell us about, um, you know, what what's the most important things to consider when we're looking at our bodies and how does how do how does neglecting our physical our physiological nature um, affect our you know, seasons of despair that come and go. Yeah. So instead of talking about depression, I want to use an example from anxiety. If I take five monsters in a day or five energy drinks in a day and my heart starts <laughs> beating really fast, and I start getting really sweaty. That imitates an actual panic attack or an anxiety attack. And so totally. no, no, knowing that I'm doing that will remind me that, hey, I caused this to myself. And so a lot of times our diets have a huge effect on our bodies. If I eat a bunch of Cheetos and nothing else, my body's not getting the nutrients it needs. Um, if I'm not drinking enough water, I mean, simple things that we we neglect. So make sure you're taking care of your body um, on a nutritional level, but also exercise. And this is this is hard for those of us who are either um, got those those joint injuries, right? Where we don't have cartilage in our knees or we have uh, plantar fasciitis. But going for a slow walk, um, throwing some headphones in and listening to the Psalm 119 we talked about last week and walking and just praising God as you walk, even when you don't feel like it. Take yeah. your kids out. Or, or a mom who's like, in my wife's case, like we have four kids, right? So he's right. been pregnant a big chunk of our marriage. <laughs> And her abdomen's like separated somewhat, so um, like you're you're gonna have some pre-existing issues that you will look to as an excuse to right. not exercise in the future. And we have to get out of that mindset. There are things we can do. We can be creative, right? Um, and and to Matt's point, right? Like if you have horrible knees and and joints, right? We'll have you consider swimming. Right. Have you considered just taking a slow walk or getting on an elliptical, something that's low impact on your joints? Um, doing something is better than doing nothing always. I don't um, run anymore, so I use a rower, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and you might be like me and you're like, 
when someone tells you you can't do any do something, <laughs> you you get all, oh, I can prove that wrong, you know. Um, I'm I got zero cartilage in my knee, but my wife and I've been running, and uh, we had to take last week off because Brittany's knee swelled up. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we we we're trying to do something so. In the meantime, we've been in the gym, lifting some weights. and But uh, that's a reminder for us vets, Neil, like those of us who have been in the military and used to have like, like I know exactly how much deadlift I did, bench I did, right. squat I did, my run. Like I had everything marked out. I'm nowhere near that. And I probably will never get to that point again. Uh, right. So the, the goal doesn't need to be how much can I do. It needs to be, let me get my body moving, and then maybe I can move towards that goal again someday. But <laughs> give yourself some slack, I guess. Yeah. And and then and, and on top of that, know yourself, right? Like for me, for instance, I have this, this uh, medical issue called diabetes. And um, I know when my sugar levels are not under control then I will be more lethargic. I will feel worse in general. It takes me longer to get going every day. Um, and that will affect me when I'm in a season of sadness. That's Why? Right. Because I already feel like junk. I don't want to get out of bed. And now I have this physical excuse for me not getting going, right? And so, man, I have to be on top of that and personally. And so I have to you know, have the right nutrition. What I'm eating matters. If you're drinking diet, Dr. Peppers and shoving pizza into your face every day. Hey, guess what? You're going to struggle with sleeping. And when you don't have sleep, guess what a result of that always is (laughs) prolonged sadness, like, and look and uh, slothfulness. Right. And that's a good point. Rest. Right. Yeah. Um, and, And I see that in the optimal, the optimal thing is being able to to rest your full amount of time that you need um, where you can darken your windows and no one's going to bother you. But some of us got kids, right? And some of us have little kids who like to scream bloody murder at three o'clock in the morning for no reason. All right. Not saying that for us. Yeah. Not (laughs) last night and the night before and the night before, but, (laughs) but um, what do you do with that? Well, maybe plan to get a nap time in. I know when my wife had the kid, um, our most recent baby, we, I went home on lunch and gave her like 30 minutes to an hour for a nap. That way she could rest and I would, you know, and, I, and then she lets me sleep at night because she's just very sweet like that. And so kind of being able to share the burden um, in that, in that level. Yeah. My friend, Justin, he uh, actually schedules a short nap in the kind of earlier afternoon portion and um, you, I think he usually drinks a cup of coffee right before. Um, and then when he wakes up, he's like, he's driving, right? He can get to the fish line. He can serve his wife when she's done with work better. Like he's not just like dragging his feet, uh, through the rest of the day. And, and, you know, we see this principle in scripture first Kings, uh, I believe chapter 19 gives us a great picture of the Lord dealing with the outer man concerning Elijah. You know, he's being run all over the countryside, being chased down by Jezebel. That's where you hear, you know, women call other women a Jezebel. It's not not a kind thing (laughs) to say, but uh, he's fearing for his life and he's running. He's depressed. He's anxious. He's all these things. And what does the Lord do? He helps him to fall asleep. He gives him food. He, you know, he takes care of the outer man. And then 
he speaks with them and Elijah can listen, right? That's right. Which takes us and segues us to the next thing to not overlook. We don't want to overlook the inner man, our spiritual well-being. What are some things you do, Matt, um, to cultivate your spiritual disciplines and to prepare your heart for coming seasons? Yeah, um, I can I can really start to feel when I'm being spread thin uh, spiritually, especially as a pastor, where every where I'm, I'm, you know, honestly, I am carrying a lot of burdens. People have um, shared with me some of their deepest, darkest thoughts, their hardest um, situations, anywhere, anywhere from loss to 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 damage um, spiritually, sexually, you name it. And so I'm carrying that within me. And if I don't have a way to pour out, then then I'm not going to be any good. And so I can tell when my when I'm starting to. So um, for me, it's just a continual time in the word. And I used to do the the Bible reading plans and and that used to work for me. But what I've done now is I've, I've made myself four bookmarks and I place one in the Genesis area. I place one in the Psalms and the Proverbs and one in the New Testament. And then I just read a chapter in each of those. So uh, the Old Testament, so I do one in Genesis, uh, and I read that. I do one in Psalms, one in Proverbs, and one in the New Testament. So that's four. And um, what I use, what I do is... Math checks out. Yeah, I did the math. (laughs) And and I basically just move it every time I read a chapter. And so um, I try to read all four every day if I can, but some days I don't get to it. And so my bookmark is there. I don't have any guilt feelings like I would if I had a, a Bible reading plan where I'm trying to catch up. Um, and so for me, that just allows me at my own rate to work through the Bible on a regular basis, hitting all the genres. Um, but really in a pre-combat scenario, I have key passages that I go to that are set up in my mind or on my uh, my notepad. Um, just some some Psalms that I like to hit. Or some, uh, I like Colossians, the Christ hymn in Colossians, the Christ hymn in Philippians, um, where I can just consider Christ uh, about my day. And so I do that for for the word intake. What about you, Neil? Yeah, um, one, you know, I do some, something similar, kind of following that, um, oh gosh, how do you say his name? McShane, McShane or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of follow his reading plan normally, but recently that's been quite a lot for me. Um, And so what I've done is I've um, shortened my reading so that I can meditate deeper on what I am reading. So I'm taking smaller chunks of passages following one plan, but I'm in it. I'm doing it continually. And with that, um, biblical meditation, I have found to be... Um, the greatest spiritual resource for me uh, when dealing with seasons of despair, um, anxious times, and so on and so forth. So just to kind of give the hearer a, a clear understanding of what biblical meditation is, because there's there's a lot of different interpretations of the word meditation. So you know, the world would identify meditation as or define it as some a process of emptying yourself, of emptying your mind completely and being mindful, right, of everything around you. That's not what biblical meditation is. Uh, biblical meditation is 
um, dwelling on, thinking about something specific in Scripture that is dealing with an issue that, you know, or you're rising, or you're thinking about who God is and a character trait of Him, or you're, you know, so on and so forth. And so kind of the, the image I like to give is... Um, you know, steeping a tea bag into water, right? If you dunk a tea bag into hot water for five seconds, pull it out, are you and you take a sip of that water, are you drinking tea? Well, of course not, right? You're drinking uh, an incomplete thing, right? But when you leave that tea bag, when it steeps in the water for uh, an amount of time, um, that water begins to transform into tea. And when you take it out, you sip it, it tastes like tea. It doesn't taste like water or something bitter any longer. Can I give a quick so example this, of that real yeah, Neil? Sure. Like It'll take me like yeah. two minutes maybe. Um, so Psalm 25, verse 4. This is from yesterday. This is what I did. Um, verse 4 says, Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. And so what I did is I, I, I just went word by word. I said, um, make, what does it mean to make your ways known? Well, God makes his ways known. He gives me a path. He builds me a direction. And then I just, I just played with each word. I looked at the con, you know, connotations, um, teach me your paths, right? Teach me. What does it mean to be a pupil before a holy God? What does it mean to be a student of the Lord? How does God teach me? Well, he teaches me through his word, through his precepts. How do teachers teach, right? And, and that's what I did. I just, I, that's how you think through a passage um, and just yeah. spend time dwelling on it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. I'm, I'm nowhere near like this guy, but I'm kind of wired similarly. But what I have read about Charles Spurgeon Right. Um, is that he was a very il il illustrative. He had a very illustrative mind. And so as he would read passage, he would get a picture. Um, and that happens to me quite often as well. Um, you know, as you, know, you, you brought up the teaching, right? Um, when I when I think of the word master or teacher, as I've been reading through Luke and preaching through Luke, you know, rabbi, rabbi is a common phrase given. And I was just thinking about like, what does it mean that Jesus is my master and my teacher? And I began to meditate on that picture. Right. And Charles Spurgeon in a sermon, I believe actually on first Kings 19, um, said he's <laughs> like a, like a young surgeon going into, um, the operating room and watching the seasoned master surgeon perform and do what he does. He's intently, he's captivated, he's watching the the hands of this senior surgeon, right? And that's the picture that comes to my mind. So when I'm I med may meditate on a characteristic of God or or something about him, and he's a he's a, my master, he's my lord. And so what is that picture for me? It's man, it's like uh, being an apprentice and watching this master at work. And I want to do that in God's word. So how does how does that turn into prayer, Neil? Oh, easily. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So as God's speaking to you in his word, what's coming out of you is prayer. And then thus we are having a conversation with our Lord. And as we dwell deeply on um, different scriptures, it gives us the words that we most desperately need to be in prayer to God 
over. So, you know, I think we talked about Psalm 42 and the deer panting for water, that picture, right? Man, that so easily can turn to a prayer. Like for me, it's like, God, man, I'm longing for you. I need you. I need the water that only you can provide. The I have a thirst that you can only quench. And right now, everywhere I have looked has, has left me wanting. Please fill me. Please fill my spirit. Or, or David, he'll say things like, restore to me the joy of my salvation. That's you know, right. there, there are so many texts that that should if you're if you're thinking it deeply about it should inform and influence the way you pray to God. He's given the words you need. That's right. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's interceding for you in praying what you need to pray, pray, right? That's right. Um so yeah, meditation is is massive and that should turn into prayer and maybe consider fasting alongside your prayer. Think about uh, maybe turning all your screens off for a prolonged time so you can engage in God's word, so you can pray, so you can seek the will of the Father. We see this from the Lord Jesus. You know, at the end of Luke 4, it says, as the crowds were looking for him in Capernaum, Jesus got up after healing a bunch of people, like everybody in the town who was hurt or sick or diseased. It says he goes into a a, a, a uh, what do you call it, separated place, yeah. a far off place. What is he doing there? Well, he's seeking the will of the Father. So we, we see this picture in our Lord Jesus, and we should imitate in that. But there's another aspect that should help us prepare and, and, and influence the inner man, and that is in worship, Matt. Yeah, well, worship... Um... That's not where I thought you were going, but we're music. <laughs> yeah, music. Um, so I have on my phone um, a depression playlist and an anxiety playlist. And so as I'm going about my business and I listen to a song that's just full of gospel truth that glorifies God, honors him, um, I, I I put it into that playlist. And so I, I have a pretty extensive playlist. I have a lot of the Psalms in there and um let me pull it up one real quick because I wasn't prepared like don't, usual. Don't play. Don't I'm play a song play it. No, get taken no. off the interwebs. No, I'm not playing it. Um, <laughs> there's one by Indelible Grace Music, Did Christ Over Sinners Weep, right? Um, until the daybreak. Hast thou heard him, seen him um, from the for the bread, hail to the anointed? I mean, there's there's so many that you can you can pull up and, and I, I like a lot of the older hymns um, and the modern hymns because they are made for worship. They're not, um, they're not the popular uh, Vandisa or um, you know, the stuff they just kind of plays on the internet. It's kind of like cotton candy. Um, I want, I want meat. I want serious theological truth and I want depth. And, and when I am sorrowful and hurting, I need God's word and I need the truth. And so um, for me, I have that playlist, and so I'll play it. When I start feeling down, I pop that sucker on. And it, a lot of times that, that theology leads to doxology. That theology, the, the knowledge of God, brings me into praise of God. And so that's, um, that's important to me. Yeah, and so the pre-combat check, right, is, hey, Matt put together a playlist, and he's adding to it. I got my ammunition goes, loaded, yep. 
Right. He's got, hey, man, I got <laughs> I got eight magazines fully yeah. loaded. I'm, you know, that's my minimum I need to take into um, into a theater with me. So like a so, combat theater, not like a real theater. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Ter- terms, man. Thanks for defining the language. But I'm here for you. So, so we talked about the outer man. We talked about the inner man, those spiritual disciplines we should be cultivating. I would also encourage you um, to start a habit of journaling because in journaling, yes. we're able to process what's going on with us. And if we're actively looking at our hearts like, man, search me, oh God, no, <laughs> you know. Journal your meditation. Me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, what you'll find out in this process of praying scripture and reading and meditating on scripture, journaling and and listening to music that is influenced by scripture is that Bible memorization will happen. You will hide the word in your heart. And when these moments of despair occur, you know what the Holy Spirit will do? He will minister to you with the word that you have hidden deep. And so, man, we need to be always preparing for these seasons and we need it regardless of what's coming around the corner. We, we need it today. Those are the mercies of the Lord. These are means of grace in our lives. So uh, let's continue on this path of what we're discussing. So oh, we talked about outer man, inner man. We also want to not overlook who is surrounding us, right? We want to bring others into the fight. We want to have wise counsel at our disposal, uh, a bullpen of mentors, if you will, to help us in this season. And that takes preparing beforehand and grabbing these people who will help you when the fight comes. And so that relationship. Yeah. And that, cause that takes time, right? Like you don't just like walk up to somebody and go, Hey, you, me battlefield ready, move. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not how things happen. You have to, um, cultivate trust with another individual for you and for them. And so that when the season comes, Hey, they're, they already know what's going on. You've been transparent with them and they're able to engage you on a heart level of what you most desperately need so that you don't sin in these seasons. Neil, why is this so important, um, you know, for men in particular, but for all of us, but why is it important? Like, what's our tendency? Well, our tendency when we despair or get sad or all of those, you know, emotions, right, um, is to isolate. That's right. We remove ourselves from community. But the reality is, Christian, dear believer, you have been saved into a community. You are not saved into isolation. How can you say you love the father, but hate the mother, right? Hate the bride. (laughs) The bride, the bride of Christ is what you have been saved into and you need this community. And we'll get to that on a larger scale scale in a second, but let's uh, get a little smaller here. When we're dealing with real issues in our lives, we need wise counsel we need mentors we need leaders so some of the i'll I'll start this way in numbers 11 we have uh a a story of moses who is overwhelmed with the work that is set before him 
uh, to the point where he even says to God, just kill me. <laughs> like yeah. I've had enough, <laughs> which is just a crazy picture to me. And the, the Lord doesn't um, minister to him directly in the sense of like, Hey, here's the thing, you know, um, I know your heart and all that stuff. And the Lord does not, you know, address his outer man in the sense of you go need get to a workout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go work out. What the Lord does is he tells, he directs Moses. He says, go get all 70 of the elders, bring them in school circle. And, uh, something just crashed <laughs> in my house. I have no idea what that was. Your kids. Um, they're not here. That's what dogs. <laughs> woo! Do you got your, Hey, you got your your woo your gun. No, <laughs> Texas. Um. <laughs> anyway, um. Back to Numbers eleven. Sorry, the Lord does not deal with the outer man or the inner man per se. What he does is he he sh- tells him to go get seventy of the elders and begin to delegate. Um, share this burden with others. And so we want to take the same principle as we're preparing for seasons of despair because they will be the ones to shine that light you need when it's most dark. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're definitely talking about um, you know same gender friends and um, yeah. valuable assets. But on a side note, like let's say a mom is dealing with postpartum depression. You can pull your husband aside Sit down, say, "Hey, can we have a cup of coffee on the porch?" And say, "Would you, um, would you be okay of taking some of these extra duties for me? I'm really struggling today, or struggling right now." Um, and so that that's an al- also a very important option is is using that, and of course, reaching out to your pastor, reaching out to the elders, reaching out to the deacons, reaching out to um, your small group community. That's why small groups are so important because they know you. Um, employ a biblical counselor, employ a biblical counselor, call somebody up. Um, and you can, you can find that. So those, you know, those are all ways that we use to, to, to fight this battle. We're not a, an army of one, right? We're not Rambo running through the jungle on our own. We have a team. Yeah. Unless it doesn't exist in real life. Yeah. (laughs) He did already. So let's move on to the last thing and then we'll land this plane here, Matt. Absolutely. Uh, so we talked. We talked about not overlooking the outer man, the inner man, bringing wise counsel into the fight with us, bringing um, mentors and leaders and and close friends that you're transparent with. Keyword transparent. Um, but also, we want to be immersed in our church community, and there's several ways we can do that. Um, one of the the best ways right out the gate. I think you can do that. Matt already talked about small groups, but, um, is in service is being serving in the local church, because when you serve in the local church, you're exercising your spiritual gifts that, that the Holy Spirit's cultivating within you. And so, man, when we exercise our spiritual gifts to the glory of God, what we find is we result that always results in joy in us in our hearts. Neil, I've been at, at this church for a couple days, and they will not let me use my spiritual gift of preaching. Um, what do I do? Yeah, good thing uh, the Lord has probably given you more than just that one. Um, but 
yeah, for for the pastor, he's like, man, it's not Sunday. I'm not preaching. Um, man, we we are to minister the word to one another, and this is a great way of being in your church community, holding babies, you yeah. know, <laughs> sweeping the floor. Um, all of these things are for the glory of God, for the sake of His name, and for the building up of the church. And so, man, there are many, many different ministries of mercies that you can engage in. Um, there are single mothers who need help mowing the grass. There are deployed, <laughs> you know, deployed uh, husbands whose homes are alone. There's care packages you can put together. There are uh, serve in the nursery. <laughs> yeah, there's meals you can cook, right? Like uh, for those who are needy. There are so many ways that you can serve in the local church and Parking serve lot in your ministry. community. Yeah. Man, just bringing someone some coffee sometimes, man, is like um, a wonderful way that you can uh, love another person. So uh, be being generous with your time, with your resources, with your community yep. that you have been saved into. Um, be immersed in the church. Don't neglect going to your small group or discipleship group, whatever your church calls it, um, be in community. People should know you and you should know others and what's going on in their lives. That's right. Yeah, and I just want to emphasize there's no job too low for you. Um, right. When I, when I uh, was serving at a church, I served in the parking lot ministry, and that was some of the best time to get to know other servant-hearted men um, and that actually led to prayer, prayer meeting, to um, fellowship that was just way beyond what I would have gotten if I just showed up to church and, and walked in. Um, and, you know, I don't think your pastor will complain if you call him and say, hey, is there anything that I can do? Answer phones for a couple hours this week or can I mow the lawn at the church or, you know, do and, and just kind of offer yourself out there. Or, hey, is there anybody in our community that has been asking you to help with something because I get calls all the time with members saying, Hey, I need someone to help move a washing machine or, or do this or do that. And if somebody volunteered their time to do it, man, that would be such a blessing. So don't hesitate to be involved. It's going to be a blessing to you, a blessing to your church. Um, and when we get depressed, a lot of times or sad, we neglect our duties. So don't neglect your duties. Just go through the motions. If you have to fold that laundry, um, do those dishes like just do, yeah. um, even if you don't feel like doing go to church when you don't right. feel like it. Um, these are all important aspects. Yeah. And the, the last thing I just want to circle back around to is when you do pre-combat checks and pre-combat inspections and someone else is looking over your body, making sure you have everything you need, uh, making sure you have what you need for the fight. And if you are on your own, you will miss something. <laughs> you will go outside the wire with something that you didn't prepare with or didn't have on your person. And so with all of these things, man, I just want to encourage you in general to be in accountability. Um, because without accountability, you don't have someone saying, what is your, what is your physical um, life look like? How are you, you know... 
um, cultivating a better body? What does your nutrition look like? Are you just eating little Debbie snack cakes in the car as you cry? Or <laughs> are right. you, That's um, right. are you going on a, did you go on a walk? Did you do family worship with your kids? Even though I know you don't want to because of your depression or your sadness, did you pray with your wife this morning? Did you read God's word? What did what did the journaling process look like for you? Where's your heart at? How are you serving in your church? Did you skip small group today or were you there? Did you um, did you pray with others? Who else is in this fight with you? Um, because when that's not in your life, the enemy has a much easier time uh, chopping your legs out from under you because he is scheming against you. And if you yeah. neglect that, man, he will he will be victorious, um, even if it's just for a season. And um, we know not for an eternity if you are in Christ believer, but man, he can take you down. Don't don't neglect that reality. So, guys, we thank you for listening uh, to this episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. Until next time, Neil and Matt, we out. Thank you.